Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in depth look at today's issues. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Face Connecticut. I'm Morgan Cunningham, and you're listening to WTIC News Talk 1080 96.5 TIC and Light 100.5 WRCH. This morning, we're going to be chatting with Mike Bouchane. He's with the Connecticut DEEP, the Department of Environment and Energy, the Department of Energy and Environmental Protection. And we're going to be talking about everything fishing. It's that time of year where people are wanting to get outside. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Morgan, and thanks for having me on Face Connecticut. Absolutely. So glad to have you on this morning. It's shaping up to be what looks like a nice spring so far. We're starting to get some nice sunny days, some warmer temperatures. People want to get outside and start enjoying fishing. Is that right? It is for sure. Uh, we are in the thick of it. The prime time going from now until about the next month will be perfect time for people to be out fishing. Could you talk a little bit about fishing season? So it's my understanding that freshwater fishing can happen year-round. You've got people who like ice fishing, people who prefer maybe fishing in the spring or summer as opposed to the winter fishing. Uh, but that's not necessarily the case with saltwater. So could you run down the time of year people can go fish and, and where? The rules for fishing vary, like you've just mentioned. Uh, saltwater fishing generally is open all year round, but the species of fish that you're seeking to catch can often have a particular season w that is associated with it. So it's, it's a very important to check our website to be up to date on what the most current time during the year you can fish for a particular species of saltwater fish like say fluke and also figure out what the minimum size is that you're allowed to keep and how many you're allowed to keep each day all that info is on our web page uh the way to find it is the google ct deep fishing and that brings you right to our main landing page. We'll get you everything freshwater, everything saltwater, all in one place. We've been living with COVID-19 now for about two years. One thing that comes to mind is March of 2020, when lots of people wanted to get outdoors. They wanted to connect with nature. Uh, people were in lockdown. You really couldn't hang out indoors. So people turned outdoors. So what kind of demand has there been in Connecticut for fishing the last few years? And how does it look this spring? The demand has been very high. As you mentioned, a lot of people uh, were not able to do many of the things they would like to do. But being outdoors was 
one of the best, if not the only thing to do during the pandemic time. And our natural resources, our parks, our forests, our rivers, streams, lakes, ponds, everything. So a tremendous boost in people seeking to take advantage of those resources to help just one, get out of the house and two, to improve their mental health a bit, you know, be out on a nice day with fresh air and nice sun really does help boost your mood quite a bit. Our, in terms of fishing per se, we did see a boost of, of people getting out there, especially people who hadn't fished before because it gave them a, a new opportunity uh, to try an activity that maybe they never really had time to try. Uh, and and with, with COVID lockdowns, people had some time to spare. So our Learn to Fish program really had high participation rates. We had a lot of people attend our Zoom meetings and also our as at the tail end of the pandemic, bringing back our in-person Learn to Fish events out at local ponds and rivers. What are some of the things a newcomer may have to know um, about licensing? Yeah, our licenses are available online at same same way website I mentioned before, CTDEP uh, Fishing will get you there. You can purchase your fishing license. Anyone who's age 16 or older does need to have a fishing license in the state. Uh, those age 65 and over have the benefit of it being free. And those age 16 and 17, it's 50% off the, the, the list price. So um, anyone 16 or older needs to have a fishing license. 15 or younger, you can fish for without license. You don't need one. Um, you don't need to be with an adult at all. Some people ask that question often is if their child is fishing, does the adult need to have a fishing license? Uh, and that's not the case if, if it's only the child that's fishing. Uh, and again, the best way to get it is to go on our webpage, uh, create a user profile for yourself in our online account uh, and purchase your fishing license. One very important part of that is 100% of the fishing license fee comes to support fisheries programs. So even if you only get to fish once or twice throughout the year, you know, your investment of the $28 for a freshwater license goes much, much further than just, you know, the one or two trips you got to take. It, it really helps out in the big picture for everybody. What happens if somebody is caught without a fishing license and it's somebody who should have one? Well, our, our law enforcement division, our NCON officers are out constantly checking folks for uh, following the laws for our resources, especially having a fishing license. Uh, I believe the fee is around $85 if you're not in possession of a fishing license when you should. Um, and often it's up to the discretion of the officer, you know, if they come up with a situation and find out that if it's somebody really absolutely was completely unaware of what was going on, you know, they have some discretion, but usually it's the case the person knows that they know that they needed to have a fishing license and then it, they should have just invested with it in the first place uh, and, and, and done away with any hassle that they would have to deal after that. On a bit of a happier note, again, going back to the last two years with COVID-19 and people who may have been trying to fish for the first time or uh, still in this year, 2022, maybe um, they want to get outdoors because of COVID and they want to try fishing. 
What are people saying as they go out and experience Connecticut's wildlife and nature and fishing? What are you hearing from people? Uh, are they happy to go out and discover nature in Connecticut? Are they learning something new? Yeah, we well, fortunately last summer we hosted about 60 in-person come fish with us events. And the people who came to those events, we averaged about 30 to 35 people per event. Uh, they were just amazed with the beauty around the corner from their home that they never really knew even existed. Um, COVID has really forced people to stay at home and look at what is right in their own yard. Right has been right under their nose this time. It's really great experiences and uh, COVID really allowed them to get out and see what they've been missing right in their own backyards, which has been really great for us. And on this morning's Face Connecticut, we are chatting with the Deeps, Mike Bouchane, talking about everything fishing in Connecticut. And you just mentioned, Mike, talking about a class that the Deep offers. Is that for people who are looking to get into fishing? Is it something that's still available and offered? Absolutely. We have a lot of resources available for people that want to uh, get into fishing for the first time. We have an online self-paced web-based training course that covers everything you need to know about fishing from setting up your fishing rod, how to tie the hook on with the right knot, uh, all the different types of fish there are to catch in Connecticut, types of baits and lures, as well as what to do with the fish when you catch it. Uh, we also follow that up with online, in-person, uh, online Zoom fishing classes led by Justin Wiggins, who's our lead fishing instructor. And then follow up both of those online uh, approaches with in-person fishing event at one of over 60 we'll have this spring and summer across the state with we bring the equipment, you just bring yourself and your family or your friends, and we'll put that new online education you just had to uh, the test with learning, doing the actual fishing at a pond right in your own backyard, or neighborhood or backyard. I remember when I was a kid, Mike, it was popular for young children, maybe around the age of five or so, under 10, let's say, to go out and learn how to fish, go out with family members, take a class. Is there still demand among young children? There is still a demand for younger children. We get quite a bit of requests from, you know, 4-H groups, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, clubs, things like that. But what we're also kind of seeing more is the people who maybe as a five or 10 year old didn't get to have that opportunity to fish. And so now they're in a, as a 20 something or a 30 something, they're reflecting back and saying, you know what? I think I might've missed out on something. And uh, fishing is something that's very up and coming with that uh, class of age class of folks. And uh, it's become very popular especially with the fact that where they can find their own um, locally sourced renewable resource meal, a healthy meal in catching fish right in a water body near them. One of the more important lessons that I always remember from when I was a young child and learning how to fish and going to these classes and going with my parents was to always respect wildlife and nature. But there were also a number of other key important aspects to learn when you're young and going out fishing. So what are some of the lessons, moral lessons maybe, that children learn from fishing? Great question. The, the respect for the outdoors is, is 
definitely right up there, making sure that people um, put litter in its appropriate place, uh, carry out what you carry in. It's great to utilize the resource and have picnics and, and be outdoors, but please don't leave your trash behind. And a lot of youngsters do kind of, you know, get a little bit frustrated and upset when they go to a place to fish and they're used to seeing it and wanting it to be in a very nice clean looking situation of pristine outdoors. And then there's wrappers and coffee cups and such all over the place. Uh, it really does kind of, um, you know, upset them in a bit and it kind of motivates them and, and how can they do better and improve on the environment. The other piece is, is respect for, um, the resource in terms of the, the fish that we have out there and to only take and keep what you intend to eat in a timely manner so that you're not wasting that fish that could go to uh, somebody else down the line that would, would also enjoy it just as much. Mike Bouchain with the State Deep talking about fishing this morning on Face Connecticut. You mentioned littering there. Was that a problem during COVID-19 when more people are going out, more people than in recent years, to go outdoors and fishing? And I had read reports that littering was an issue in some places and that uh, there was a reminder from the State Deep to only leave your footprints behind. Is that true? Yes. Uh I don't quite understand it myself. I have a hard time wrapping my head around it, but it was a problem where people would be out hiking on their trails or out picnicking by a lake or whatever, and just deciding to leave every all the wrappers and, and debris that came along with their enjoyment of the resource, left it behind to ruin someone else's enjoyment of the resource. So it was kind of disappointing that we have to put that message out, but, uh, you know, We'll keep putting the message out to carry out what you carry in and leave only footprints and take only photos. And that way there, everyone gets to enjoy the same experience that uh, the person before you had without having it be uh, lost to aesthetics of trash or anything else like that. Let's talk a little bit about location for fishing. So let's say Wyndham County, a very woodsy county in Connecticut opposed to maybe uh, Hartford County, which is more business, more highway, uh, things like that. Does it matter when it comes to fishing? Is it different fishing in Hartford County opposed to Wyndham County? Do you find the same kinds of fish, the same kind of opportunities for lakes and outdoors? We do, actually. Uh, that is an awesome point. Uh, the fishing in Connecticut from corner to corner is pretty similar in terms of the types of fish that you're likely to find. Nearly every lake or pond is filled with largemouth bass, bluegills, pumpkin seed sunfish, maybe even yellow perch, which are definitely eager uh, to please any um, angler who casts a line. We also stock trout, about 500,000 trout that we grow in our hatcheries each year across the state. We distribute those equally east and west, north and south, so that everybody has a chance to also partake in catching some of these fish that can provide a healthy and delicious meal. One of the most important pieces for our urban folks that are listening is we have a program called the Community Fishing Waters, which are mostly located in municipal parks, right in people's neighborhoods. And we do stock those with trout and also with channel catfish coming up in May. Uh, but again, there's also other resident fish like largemouth bass, bluegill sunfish, um, 
carp even for some people that enjoy to eat carp uh, or even just if you want to just catch and release the opportunity is there for just about everywhere anyone everywhere across connecticut one fish in particular that has had challenges in recent years salmon do you guys do any hatching with salmon we still do we have uh, scaled back quite a bit the federal restoration for atlantic salmon the federal restoration program um sunsetted in 2013 but connecticut still does maintain its own connecticut river strain of atlantic salmon in our kensington state fish hatchery in berlin and we stock out about 200,000 fry which are about a, a a baby salmon about an inch long within the salmon river watershed and the farmington river watershed we really don't see a lot of fish come back it's just a handful each year maybe six to eight to ten um but it's an attempt for us to make kind of like a zoo where they have tigers and leopards and such in there to keep the genetics on the planet our hatchery at the Kensington facility is helping to keep the Connecticut River strain of Atlantic salmon uh, viable should something ever largely turn around in the environment where they could possibly come back. You mentioned the Atlantic salmon being released, but not many of them end up coming back. Where do they go? That's a super duper question. We don't have really good answers for that. Uh, we feel a lot of them are probably lost to predation along the way. It takes about two years for them to grow in our rivers and streams. Then they migrate out to Long Island Sound and then up to the coast of Greenland. Um, there's also thought that that ocean predation from seals, sharks, whales, and of course humans um, causes uh, a loss in the adult's potentially returning back to their home rivers. Are there any other fish that are facing challenges in Connecticut? We do. Some of our saltwater species are or are being mostly affected. Striped bass uh, and bluefish of recently. Uh, the regulations have become a little bit more strict over the past couple of years, reducing the number of fish of those fish you can take, as well as changing the size that you can keep on the striped bass. It hasn't been very popular with some anglers, but for those that can see that the species um, is kind of being overfished at this point, and one lesson is, is one, if you get too low, then they can't come back. So we try to head that off at the pass and change um, the sizes and the amount you can harvest and keep while still allowing that opportunity, but also making sure that the populations are going to rebound and not drop too low. Uh, trout fishing is very, very, very popular in the state. Um, it's been, it has been for decades. Uh, the, f the first trout hatcheries started in the late 1800s in Connecticut. So there's a long tr tradition of growing and stocking trout. Um, we do have lots of rivers and streams that host wild trout that do it, do completely well on their own without stocking. But those fish in general are, not as large and they're not as common as the as and so our supplemental stocking of the hatchery raised fish helps to meet the demand that the public has for going out and fishing and taking home a delicious meal for uh, dinner kind of a slightly different topic here uh, kind of a different type of fishing if you will fly fishing takes up a bit of space are there any restrictions on where you can go do fly fishing or no no, that you can fly fish anywhere you, you would like. However, there are eight 
water bodies in the state where it's designated for fly fishing only. So no other type of fishing there. Again, primarily you hit the nail right on the head is that it takes up a lot of space because you're, you're casting the line back and forth, back and forth. Myself, I personally, when I, I need a lot of space because I end up catching a lot of branches when I try to do that. <laughs> so, so I, uh, if there were a lot of other anglers around, <laughs> they might, they might be a little bit in, in peril with my fly casting technique, but uh, yeah, you can fish anywhere you'd like using fly fishing. Mike Bouchain with the state deep this morning on face Connecticut. I think I used to see more people fly fishing. Is it still popular or has that uh, interest in fly fishing kind of decreased over the years? Um, no, I, I, if anything, I think it's probably still on the upswing. Uh, I had mentioned earlier about our introduction and just basic learn to fish classes. Then the very, very first question that comes at the end of this and of those classes as well, when can I learn to fly fish? So it's, there's a big appetite for people out there um, to try to, to learn it. It's definitely challenging and uh, it can be very peaceful and serene. Um, so yeah, I think fly fishing is still at, at least as strong, if not still growing. Mike, Connecticut has seen a bit of a population boom. A lot of people moved to Connecticut, um, particularly since the onset of COVID-19. We talked about how people could get started fishing, whether it's learning or getting a license. How can people figure out where they can fish? Are there any maps available to people? Yes, we do. We have uh, two really cool interactive map applications. One is our interactive trout stocking uh, map, which shows you how many days since we've last stocked particular water bodies across the state. So you can look around your hometown, you can search by water body name, all sorts of uh, search options to find out um, when we've been near you last or to your favorite water. And the second one is called CT is fishy. So if you just Google that as a, as a string, CT is fishy, up will come an interactive map application that really covers soup to nuts, everything about um, the different types of fish and where to fish and uh, the various rules associated with those fish in Connecticut. So two great resources that people can have on their mobile device uh, and find all they need to know about fishing. Throughout the whole state of Connecticut, is there any one spot that is particularly popular with fishing? I would say uh, if we go both freshwater and saltwater, Long Island Sound is for saltwater is extremely popular. And then going in freshwater, the, the biggies are probably the Salmon River, the Farmington River, the Housatonic River, and then Candlewood Lake. And... Uh, Oh, did I, if I mentioned the Connecticut river, I should have done that. But those places are really big resources with lots of good public access and have great fisheries. And they tend to draw uh, people from far and wide. This morning on Face Connecticut, we've been chatting with Mike Bouchain and we're kind of running out of time here, but is there anything else that you'd like to add in general about fishing? Maybe that we didn't get to yet. I failed to mention that coming up on May 7th, especially if you're interested to getting into fishing for the first time is our free fishing day it means anyone can fish for free the state of Connecticut fresh or salt water without needing to have a license again that's Saturday May 7th we will be ho at Osborndale State Park in Derby hosting our um, spring kickoff event with our parks no child left inside program 
always draws hundreds of people and we're looking forward to getting back to doing that. We haven't been able to do it with COVID for the past few years. So if you can't join us on May 7th at Osborndale State Park, join yourself and your friends out somewhere fishing. You do not need a license on that day. And let's use this as an opportunity quickly to remind people about Passport to Parks. Is that something you could talk about real quick? You know, the Passport to Parks program helps to fund uh, the much needed maintenance and upkeep of our facilities. It's definitely never been more important than the the amount of use and stress put on our resources over the past couple of years. So that fee adjusted to... Uh, assessed on your car registration is extremely helpful to make sure that the agency and specifically the parks division can can keep our properties in the state that would be really acceptable and appreciated by the public that are be out there to use them. Mike, I really appreciate your time this morning. Thank you so much for chatting about everything fishing in the state. I really appreciate your invitation and uh I hope you get a chance to get out there and fish as well. Absolutely. You too. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Got clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.